Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Amen. Amen? Anybody thankful for Jesus? <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> Some of you are still grabbing your seats. I'll give you, give you time. Anybody thankful for Jesus? <laughs> just a sweet time of worship. Thank you so much, worship team. And I'm just thankful that our Heavenly Father gives us his presence. He allows us access into the presence of him. And uh, I just, I know some of you are here and this is new and this is something a little bit crazy. People are lifting their hands, they're shouting, they're clapping. But we, we love Jesus in this place and we're not quiet about it. And the world is loud about a lot of things and they're, they're telling people to be loud about a lot of things. And over the years, I think the church has gotten a little quiet about Jesus. And so at this church, in this time, for such a time as this, we're going to be loud and we're going to stand strong and we're going to just proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ because that's what it is, guys. If you don't know Jesus, it's good news. It's good news. It's great news. It's saving news. It's healing news. It's redeeming news. It's news that can, can just transform everything that's in you in one second. The good news of Jesus Christ. We believe it. We believe his word to be true. We believe that everything in this is, is God-breathed and inspired, and it's a, it's, a, it's a source of us. It's a source of life for us. And so we, I, I just pray and believe as we are in this year that, that really, like, we're just a bunch of, like, just desperate people for Jesus. Like, we're just nuts, right, in a good way. <laughs> like, I'm already nuts, like you guys all know, but, like, like we're just crazy crazy desperate for Jesus Christ and his goodness and his mercy. Anybody just want to be desperate people for Christ? Like, like just throwing out the religious stuff, throwing out the things that you know, throwing out the things that you've seen, but just getting desperate for the good news of Jesus Christ. Come on, anybody just want to be desperate this year for the power and of the glory of Jesus Christ? And so I'm glad you're here today, even if you are visiting. Eh, today we are launching into our 21-day fast, which will start tomorrow morning. It, it'll be 21 days, and we'll, we'll come back uh, a couple Sundays from now, and we'll, we'll end the fast together as a family. But we are launching into this time together. And if you're here visiting, you're like, well, I don't even know Jesus. I'm not sure what's happening, but like, 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 can I receive this message about fasting? You absolutely can today. And I'm going to teach on fasting, and I'm going to teach a passage of Scripture that's found in the Bible in the, in the book of Luke in a moment. But I, I just need to talk to the family that's here today. Can I do that? Can I explain why we're doing this, what, what we're doing, what we're asking, where we're going as we go into these 21 days? Because this is important. We have fasted every time we've gathered, uh, since we started as a church, in the beginning of the year, and then towards, uh, closer towards like end of the year. We call it 21-day fast, and we've done this. And every year, it just keeps getting better and better, gets stronger and stronger. We see God move in ways we couldn't imagine. And so this is the beginning beginning of the year, and we're calling on God to go before us for the rest of the year. Amen? And as we fast, we're just saying, God, we need you. We're desperate for you. We just can't do this without you. And we're giving our, our year to God. We're giving our year to God. We're giving up food. True fasting, biblical fasting, is giving up food. 
Daniel's fast was a, 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 a giving up of, of the delicacies, and I'm going to talk about that next week, but, but, but real fasting is not social media in a sense. Can you hear me? If that's the first thing, if you're here today and you're new to this and you're like, that's the only thing I feel like led to give up, good. You hear me? Everyone nod your head so you're in agreement with me. But like this, this journey of fasting that we're going on, this is a, this is a call from heaven for us to, to give up physical food, physical substance that feeds our physical bodies to, to hunger and thirst for supernatural uh, uh, food from heaven. That's what we do. So we're, we're gathering together as a church, and I said to you, sunrise to sunset. So, so from sunrise to sunset, so some of y'all, you got to wake up a little early if you're going to get that breakfast in you. This is for the family, right? Some of you in this room, you're like, I, I don't even know a fast. You guys, I'm not there yet. Cool, you with me? I'm talking to the family. Like, if you call this place home, we are doing this together. And so I'm saying, sunrise to sunset, just don't eat. But then, just don't eat and call it a diet, right? Because some of you spring break trips right around the corner, you're like, yes, pastor, thank you for providing a way where there didn't seem to be a way. <laughs> don't act like I don't know. It's not, a, it's not a diet so you can get shredded. It's a diet so you can get shredded in the kingdom of God. That was a good word, Pastor. Hallelujah. Hmm. Yeah, where was I going? You're not giving up food just to give up food and then just be like, well, I didn't eat. The reality is, is that you give up food, you give up that meal time, you give up that time that you would physically eat, and you go and you go spend time alone with God. You go into the place, well, I work at a business, I go in the stall of a bathroom. That's radical. Yeah, being a follower of Jesus is crazy. Like, like, go find a place. Go on a walk. Today's beautiful. Anybody thankful for beautiful weather today? I think the world's just changing, you know, the, anyways. Go walk. Go find somewhere. Go, go, go sit somewhere privately. Like, if you got people that are at your work that are believers, ask them to come pray with you. Ask them to come sit with you. Open the word. Dive into the things. We have guided prayers every single day that we've written out for you. There's one that will be every day the same one, and then there's days that we're going to lift up different needs among our city, among our church, uh, among things that we feel God is asking us to pray into. So those will be there for you on the app and on the web, but, but those aren't just the only ones that we want you to pray. We want you to to, to go close and get deep with God during this time. We're, we're excited to see how God's going to speak and how he's going to move and how he's going to transform. So and let me say this. Like, God knows, if you can't give up food, I said it to our team, I'll keep saying it. Like, he knows. My wife, we have, a, we have a, 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 is he 11 months? <laughs> he's 11 months, I'm about. <laughs> she, she can't give up food, but she's going to give up a whole bunch of stuff. And maybe in the times that she's not able to give up food, she's going to find time to, to pray at def, different times, right? Like, like, don't come to me next week and be like, I was in the hospital. I'm going to be like, why were you in the hospital? And you'll be like, well, because I didn't eat because you told me not to eat, but I actually have to eat, and I didn't eat because you didn't. Like, guys, wisdom fills the gaps. <laughs> okay? Even you behind the pillars, like, I can see you. Like, like just be smart, okay? But, but, but go after God like never before. This is a time for us to hunger and thirst for righteousness. You want me to say that again? Yes, pastor, I do. This is a time for us to hunger and thirst for righteousness. What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for today? I'm not talking physically, because some of you are thinking about food already. You're like, I got the brunch spot. This is, this is one of the last meals before. Like, I know where I'm going. But like, spiritually, what are you hungering for? And I want to hunger after and thirst after the good news of God. And so fasting is one of the spiritual tools for strengthening and transforming grace in our lives. The spiritual practice is a gift from God meant to grow us and draw us into deepening relationship with himself. Uh, fasting was, I'm going to read a couple things. Is, is that all right? I'm not going to jump around right here. I just want to read. I want you to catch this. Fasting was an expected practice in both the Old and New Testament. Believe it or not, 
and Moses fasted at least two times, recorded for 40-day periods. Twice Moses did it. We're not doing 40 days. We're doing 21 days. Jesus fasted for 40 days, which we're going to talk about today. And, and Jesus said to his followers, when you fast. He didn't say if you want. He said when you fast. You with me? If you know the Bible and if you don't, that's fine. We're telling you right now. Jesus didn't say, hey, if you want to. He said when you do it. Meaning like it's, 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 it's a practice. It's a thing you should be doing. When you fast, don't go out and tell everybody you're fasting. Hello? Don't go to your coworkers and be like, I can't come to lunch. I'm fasting. But if they ask you, hey, why can't you join us? Maybe you can pull them aside and say, hey, you know what? I'm actually getting myself closer to the Father. Do you know the Father? This is not something to, to, to walk around and be like, I'm fasting. Because by day 15, you're going to be like, I'm fasting. It's a time to refresh yourself. It's a time to renew yourself. It's a time to say like, hey, Jesus told us that he would sustain us through it. We're going to be sustained through it. So Jesus instructed us. Are you, are you with me this, this morning? He says, when you fast. So it's a, it's a practice of old and new. Fasting and prayer can restore. This is beautiful. Restore the loss of your first love for the Lord. When you fast, you get a restoration of the first. Oh, man. Whew. When you fast, you get a restoration of the first love of the Lord and result in a more intimate relationship with the Father. Yes! Fasting is a biblical way of truly humbling yourself in the sight of the Lord. Oh, man, how many of you know God can't stand where there's pride? And when you fast, you're literally coming bare before the Father, like, I'm here. I need you because I can't get myself out of this bed. I can't get myself to, to, to go through this day like I need you, God. It's, a, it's an understanding. It's a spiritual understanding of how much we actually need the Father and how weak we are. Come on. It, it, it cancels pride and it humbles us. Fasting enables the Holy Spirit to reveal your true spiritual condition, resulting in brokenness, repentance, and a transformed life. The Holy Spirit will imprint God's word deeper on our hearts and his truth will become more meaningful to each and every one of us. Fasting will transform your prayer life. Oh, some of you give the five-minute shout-out to God. That's awesome every day. Come on. But how many of you want to go deeper with God? And I'm telling you, as this time, as this journey happens, you're going to see the goodness of God. You want to pray more. You want to pray stronger. You want to pray for things you haven't prayed before in your life. You're going to start praying bold prayers. You're going to start praying aggressive prayers. You're going to start praying prayers that are going to shake the foundations of this city, the foundations of your home. You're going to see God. You with me this morning. And so these are the things today. So just a couple things. Why we're doing this? We're contending as a family together for the city and for each other. This is not Pastor and Rachel and Pastor Jordan and Andrew. We're doing this as a family contending for the city. Hello? Come on, how many of you believe that Chicago needs a transfer? It needs a touch of heaven like never before. Like we're contending, we're fighting for the city, we're fighting for people, we're fighting for those that don't know the good news of Jesus Christ, we're asking the Father to pour out his spirit, to open up the heavens, to break in and to touch this city. Guys, I'm telling you, you think that you may have seen something great, but when you see God touch a city, you will never be able to, you will never want to be able to see another thing again. And so we're fasting to contend as a family, as a family together in this. We're, we're pressing in together. Because this is going to need us pressing in together. You're going to have to encourage each other. Like, hey, how you doing? Man, it's hard. I'm in day seven, and I just want to give up. Like, no, you can keep doing it. Keep doing it. We're going to see the breakthrough. 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 Don't quit. Don't quit. Anybody ever seen Braveheart? Come on, all the guys in the room. Stand. This, this, the, the, the young kids, you know what Braveheart is? <laughs> yeah? Okay. It's one of my favorite movies. I love Braveheart. But like there's scenes in the movie where those guys had to press in. 
You, you know, there's a scene, if I'm not mistaken, that where the door's really high. There's a big door, and they have to break into the door, and they keep running towards the door, right, with the big piece of wood. Anybody, is this, is this the right movie? Is this Gladiator or some other? Like, but, like, like, they had to run together. They had to press in together. They had to press in together. And every time that they would run, they would hit the door, and they would bounce back. They would hit the door and they would bounce back. They would, they would go and they would go again. What they were doing was they were pressing in. They were going to break down the wall that was in front of them. Come on, this is good. And what they were saying is, is we're not going to give up when the stuff keeps falling us. We're not going to give up when they're attacking us. We're not going to give up when it gets dark. We're not going to give up when it gets heavy. We're not going to give up because we're pressing in together. And I'm telling you, church, woo, woo. When you keep pressing and you keep going after the things of God as desperate people of one accord of one spirit, we're going to see the walls come tumbling down. We're going to see the walls fall down because we pressed in together. And so we do this to draw close with God, not to earn anything from God. If your heart is like, yes, I get to fast because I'm going to get to see the miracles, you're missing it. Okay? Do I believe those follow and do I believe things like that happen? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if that's your heart posture... It's to, grow, it's to draw close to the Father. Can I, can I, I'm going to say this. If he does nothing for you during this entire fast, don't be mad. Do not be upset. Do not think it was in vain. Because I'm telling you, we will not see some of the things that are going to happen in these 21 days for maybe a year to come, years to come. Maybe we'll see something break through in your family that you were, like, like we will not be able to, uh, to put to paper what God's going to do because of us pressing in. We do not do this to get things from God. We do this to draw close to God. And everybody says, Amen? So this is new, right? This is a new thing for some of you. But this is, this is it. Uh, Rach and I, I'm going to get my message. If you, have, if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke 4. Luke 4, because I want to teach on fasting really quick. Luke 4. In one second, you can throw it up to me in one second. But, but Rach and I, before we launched out, uh, we fasted quite a bit. And I fasted quite some time before we came into the city. And it was a, it was a, it was a spiritual practice, right? Like of mine in some capacity, in some ways, like, if the church called it, I would do it, or I'd maybe give up a day. But I'm telling you guys, I truly believe something. The reason that we are able to see this happen today, it's not because I'm special. It's not because the leadership team is special. It's because we were just desperate for God to move. And God said, JP, I want you to fast for 21 days. I want you to fast. And I just pressed into God. And there was times it was really hard. It was really dark. It was, it was, it was crazy and chaotic. But we just said, we're going to fast. We're going to believe God for great and mighty things. And I'm believing that, that, that this today is a product of that. Like, like, okay, let me bring it home. Some of you are walking miracles. Some of your marriages are walking testimonies to the goodness of God. Some of you are literally breathing because of the goodness of God, because people have prayed for you, people have interceded for you, people have asked God to bring you home, people have asked God to watch over you and protect you. And I'm telling you guys, we will not be able to maybe put to paper the magnitude of what's about to happen, but I'm, watch, just watch what happens as we go together and, and fast before the Father. Amen? Amen? So can I teach on fasting? You're like, yes, if you keep saying fasting, one more thing. You got your Bibles? Luke 4. I called this message today, clear it out. Clear it out. Luke 4, 1 through 13, it's going to be up on the big screen, the big Bible. How many of you have your Bibles? Hold your Bibles up. Phones are up everywhere. <laughs> Praise the Lord for digital Bibles. Luke 4, 1 through 13. There's a lot of noise in this building today, but thank God that they get to hear us. Amen? Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so pause. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. That stuck out to me because no matter how long you've been serving Jesus, 
No matter how much you have of the Spirit inside of your life, no matter how close you are to the Father, this is going to help some people here. But no matter how much, it says what? He was full of the Holy Spirit. Like, like what does full mean? Full. <laughs> right? He was full of the Holy Spirit. So in my mind, I read that and go, well, he didn't need any more. <laughs> he had enough. How many of you know there is never, we, we can never have enough of God. We can never have enough of his spirit. No matter how full you think you feel of the Holy Spirit or of Jesus' presence, there's always more. There's always deeper. There's always greater. There's always things for you to re- experience receive. That was another good word, Pastor. Amen. Amen. There's always more. So if Jesus was full of the spirit, it says, he left the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness. Okay, I'm going to teach here for a second. Jesus was literally led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Some of you are looking at your wilderness seasons as the worst seasons of your life. Some of you hate the wilderness. You just want the mountain. You want the top. You want the... And it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness because the wilderness is a breeding ground. The wilderness is a place where you come to the understanding that you can't do this thing. That, that you can't make it anymore on your own. And it came to the place where Jesus, Jesus, right? Like God in flesh, he was led into the wilderness to be equipped, to be transformed, and to have a deeper infilling of the goodness of God. How much more do we need it? Do not despise the days of wildernesses, if that's the right way to say it. Do not, do not, do not hate when you're in the valleys. The word says you will not stay in the valley. You will walk through the valley. You will go through it. God will be your guide. He will carry you through it. But if you despise the moments where God takes you into a dry season, into a valley, I'm telling you guys, that's where some of the greatest growth, that's where some of the greatest intimacy, I'm just preaching this morning. Is this okay? That's where some of the greatest truth will be revealed to you because why? You are desperate. You're stuck in the wilderness. We were just recently in the wilderness, in the desert. I don't want to be left in the desert alone. That's nuts. But when you're there, you're desperate, like, God, I, I can't take another step. Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. <laughs> Who loves scripture? The book of the Bible's wild. 40 days he was tempted, and he ate nothing, he was hungry. Well, yes, thank you. Like, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, thank you. You should read the Bible this way, it's so much fun. <laughs> Like, some of you are just like, he was there for 40 days. He was hungry. Okay, moving on. Like, like, who would not be hungry for 40 days? I've been away. The devil said to him, though, the devil, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Okay, so the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to, them, said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, Satan's talking to Jesus, because Satan, Satan thinks he has authority and power. He, he, he does. He's running, his, he's running amok on this place. But the victory's already won. The victory's already won. So Satan, Satan is a deceiver. All he's got to do is just deceive you. He's just got to tell you that he's won, that he has the victory, okay? And he says, I will give it to you. If you worship me, it will be all yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Fasting releases you of worshiping self. The devil led him then to Jerusalem 
and had him stand on the highest point, okay, of the temple. Satan, if he can't get you in one area, he'll elevate you a little bit more to see some more things. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. He's mocking his father. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Father, this is your word right now in these short moments. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you help me articulate what you would have me to say that these words would be your words, that they would fall on open hearts and open ears, that you would transform us in this place. God, clear us out. Holy Spirit, just do a, do a cleansing as, of our hearts and of our souls and of our minds. Maybe just be more like you today. We thank you. We thank you, Father, for every person here. They're not here by accident. They're here for a reason, and so speak to them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Clear it out. Have you ever cleared out a junk drawer? How many of you have junk drawers at your house? Have you ever cleared out a closet, right? How many of you like spring cleaning? If you know me, I do spring cleaning every day. My wife laughs. I love cleaning the house, just letting it out there. Pray for me, pray for Rachel. Like, I just love spring cleaning. I love seeing all this stuff that we've acquired and then saying, gotta go. Let's get it out. Right? Anybody love the feeling after, after you've gone into the closet, you've gone into that junk drawer, you've, you've, you've gathered it all up, you've said, I don't need this, I, I'll keep this, sure, yeah, yeah. I don't need that, I don't need that, I don't need that, I'll keep this, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you get the, the satisfaction of going, ah, oh, it's all going to just go. I just get to get, just take it. Like, put it, put it away, give it to some, like, right? Anybody love the, I love, you know what happens in my spirit? Whew, I get joy. The junk drawer's clean, oh, joy. The closet's clean, Joy. I love getting rid of the stuff that I don't need anymore. I just love the feeling of being able to be like, I get it out. What's, the, what's great about it is when you clear the spaces in your house, when you clear out the closet, or maybe you get rid of that old couch that you've had from college, but you don't want to let it go because it's been the couch, you know, but it's time to go. When you clear out room for the old things, what happens is that there's space for new things. Oof. There's space for you to put the new things, the, 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 the newer things in those places that maybe held old things, right? I, I was so grateful. We had these couches that we had for, for years in the apartments down at the university we worked at, and we would have football players, large men, like, like large men. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Like six-foot-something large brothers come in, and they would sit on that couch, sit on those couches for hours. And let me tell you, after practice... Yeah, not nice. They would sit on those couches and they would be there for, I was so thankful when we chucked those things in the garbage. It was like, oh, thank you. We're releasing this nasty, smelly old couch and we get to get a new couch, praise the Lord. When you clear out the stuff, you get the new stuff. Today, deep within our church, within our spirits, the spirit of God is asking us to clear it out. He's actually asking if he has permission to clear it out. Let me say that. He's asking permission to clear out the stuff in our lives. To clear our lives out and allow our lives over the next few weeks to be filled up with the Spirit of God, to carry the things we need to carry, to be filled with the presence of God at such a deep level. To hunger and thirst for righteousness, to hunger for the deeper things of God, not the cheap, not the fake, but the real. Can I say this? We are not going to be a church that goes after fake. Okay. 
The churches today, they can put on, and there's nothing to condemn anybody. We're praying for every church across the city. We believe God's going to do a transformation, but church is not about a show. Listen, if you're here today and you're like, Pastor, give me a better word than you're giving me right now, you're missing the whole point of what you're doing here. We're not called to just sit here and be spectators. We're called to participate in the kingdom of God. We're not here to get the fake. We're not here to get the, the fake worship, the fake music, the fake announcements, the fake community. We're not here for any of that. We're here for the real. Because only the real, only the touch of heaven can transform a life in a second. Fake can last for just a little while. It can feel good for just a moment. But when you experience the real, you will never want to taste fake again. Come on, you with me? And so we're asking him to give us him, to, to, to allow him to clear us out, to work through us. Here in this passage, Jesus is led into the wilderness. He's led into this season of prep. He's led into this moment where, he, where he's going and he's going to need his father more than ever before. He needs to clear out. Even Jesus needed to have a clearing out of what was and be filled deeper because it said the word said he was filled with the Holy Spirit. But he obviously needed a deeper filling of the new things, of the right things for where Jesus was going, right? We're called to model our lives after Jesus. Then why not follow Jesus? So he's going and he's walking through the wilderness and there is temptations, Right? There's hunger. There's all these things, but I think Jesus came to the wherewithal. It doesn't say it, so, so don't get all upset. I just think, I, I just think, right, that Jesus said, oh man, for these next 40 days, I'm going to be filled with such an infilling of the presence of God because what was ahead was massive for Jesus. Where Jesus was going was a big deal. What Jesus was about to do and go and say, I'm going to talk about it, but it was huge, and he needed the new. He needed the right. He needed the real presence of God to fill him up. He couldn't have... What, what, what people talked about before. He couldn't have what, 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 the, what, the, what the people uh, taught the word. He needed the new and the fresh anointing of heaven. Come on. And so Satan is there tempting Jesus. Satan is tempting Jesus to give up the promise of heaven for the pawn of hell. You want me to say that again? Because this is some of us right now in the room. Satan is scheming you. He's showing you the pawn of hell, and he's saying, give up the promise of heaven for it. Okay, that's a hard word, Pastor. Uh, this is not, listen, listen, listen. Satan's a liar. I said it already. I'm going to say it again. He is deceiving some of you so bad up here. He can't, he's, he's just, he, just go, just go. Touch the world, touch the world, touch the world, touch the world. He's trying to get you trapped in the things of this world because he's trying to give up the right, which is the right is if you call upon the name of Jesus, you are saved. You are a co-heir with Christ. You are a son and a daughter. You are saved. You are set free. You are sanctified. You are called a saint in Jesus' name. You no longer have to fall to the pawn of hell, but you can walk in the promise of heaven. And everybody can say amen to that. Satan is saying to Jesus, hey, just, just take the world. Jesus is like, no, 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 I know what my inheritance is. I know what I got. Thank you. Thank you. Some of you need to just say thank you to the devil and just wave him. Super Pentecostal. Just... What is Today, more than ever, we need a great awakening to happen. We need an awakening, and this is how it's going to happen. These are three things, I believe, that are going to help us see an awakening of heaven. This city needs an awakening. Our church needs an awakening. Your lives need an awakening. Your marriages need an awakening. Your homes need an awakening. Your children need an awakening. Your schools need an awakening. Your businesses need an awakening. How much, I, I, is anybody in the room this morning? Like, we need an awakening of heaven like never before. And I'm telling you, if we can clear out the things in us, we are going to see God move in a supernatural way. Amen? Amen. Three things. Three steps. Three steps that I see here to help us get a cleared out spirit to allow for the room to be made for the presence of God. The first thing is this. We clear out to make room for God. Super deep point. It's a really good one, Pastor. I thought about that a long time, brother. I thought, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit here and mull over this thing for about 45 minutes to an hour. And that's what I came up with. Thank you. Thank you, Doug, in the back. I appreciate it. We clear out. 
so that we can have more space for ourselves? No, we ask the Holy Spirit to clear us out so we can make more room for God in our lives. The question I have for you this morning is this. How much room are you giving God? How much room in your life are you actually giving God? Sundays, great. Well, Wednesday night prayer, which we have, great. I'll go to old group, great. What else? What else? This is a question for me. Where else are you making time, making room for God to move? We are, we are a consumer society. We are sucked into this thing. This is, this is a crazy time we live in, right? We have every answer at our fingertip. We have everything that we need right there in our hands. Like, we have it all. And what it is, it's a massive distraction. It's a massive, and it's not bad, right? I'm not condemning technology. Like, we use it, hence the screens, hence the, right? But, like, we are so distracted that our lives have become so full that we say we don't need God anymore. Well, I need him on Sunday, I need him on Wednesday. I need him when I'm in a crisis, when I'm in a moment that's really hard, right? How many of you have called on God when the blue lights happen, right? Some of you are like, what does that mean? That's cop cars, policemen, right? When you get pulled over and you're like, dear Jesus, bless me right now. Just help this guy to be a man or woman, just to be a follower of you. Let's have a conversation. Please, God, I can't tell Rachel that I'm getting pulled over. Like, just help. You've called on God in those crisis moments. You've called on God in the, in the times where, where it's really dark and heavy and you're going through some stuff. You call upon God then, and that's okay. You with me? That's okay. But how much in your everyday life, in the mundane life, are you calling upon God? Are you making room for God? Is God just the thing you do here? Or is God the thing you do every time, every day, every moment of your life? Are you wanting to make room for God in your heart and in your life in every area? Are you satisfied with just the, the, the hour Man, I, I've come to understand something, being a son, right? Like if you've been with us, I've been on this journey of being a son. And, I, and I've come to realize that, like, man, God deserves more than an hour. Like, this dude, this dude, this is how I talk, dude, bro, he gave me everything, everything. He gave up heaven for me. Like, Heaven. I ain't giving up heaven for any of y'all. I love you. When I get up there, I'm up there. I'm staying. That's theologically messed up, isn't you? Like, I gave up heaven. And what I say to him is, hey, you got 20 minutes, 30 minutes of me on my couch in the morning. The rest of the day, I'm good. I'll meet, I'll check in, I'll check in with you later, God. Right? Kind of I'll check in with you in a little bit. I'll see how you're doing in a little bit. Right? Instead of saying, no, God, every hour. Every, every minute. I can't breathe without God. I can't breathe without the presence of God. Oh, I can function and I can make things happen, but I'm a really terrible husband. I'm a really terrible father. I'm a really terrible leader. I'm super disconnected from the things that I'm supposed to be connected to. When I say, hey, you know what, God? I don't have any room for you right now. My schedule is full. We are so filled up today. We have so much in our calendar, so much in our life, so much in front of us. We, guys, I'm telling you guys, like, like it's the reality of it all. We are like this. And God's going, hey, can you just, can, can, I just, can, I just get a, can I just get a minute with you? How wrong are we to say like, whoa. And so what happens here, this, this is a, a point to just set us up for the final two. We're almost, we're almost done. I know we're going long today. It's okay. Is that God is, God is saying, I got to make room. And Jesus, I need you, to, need you to come and I need you to get equipped. I need you to get challenged. I need you to go. Because what Jesus does after this moment of 40 days, Jesus steps into his ministry. Jesus begins to go out and he begins to heal. 
He begins to deliver. He begins to set people free. He comes to share the good news of who he is. Are you with me, church, this morning? He's now on the move after this moment. And in order to do what he was called to do, which is all those things, which was to go to a cross and not stop there, but go to the tomb and raise to life three days later and beat Satan and evil and darkness and say, it's done. He needed to say, God, I'm here for you. I'm here with you. Fill me up. I have, you have all access to everything. The son even asked for it. How much more do we need it? Does this make sense? Are you making room for God? In this time, over 21 days, I pray, I speak it over your life, that you will see God move in your life because you have set aside more than 10 minutes. More than maybe an hour. That morning, afternoon, night, you're hungering after God and you're going to see God fill your life. You're going to see God's overflowing hand upon your life. You're going to see God do incredibly, incredible things among you. Is this helping you today? So, so, so the first thing is we got to clear to make room for God. Then the second thing is, is we got to clear out our stuff. we got to ask the Holy Spirit to clear us out so we can learn who God is. We can learn who God is through this time. See, see, Jesus answered Satan. And he said, hey, don't put God to the test. Don't put the Lord God to your test. Jesus knew his father. The reason he can say that is because he knew who his father was. He combated Satan's schemes with his father's character. We are losing battles today in the church because we don't know the character and the nature of God our father. Hello? We think God's like this. We think God is just, nah! Oh, he just wants to take things away from me. Oh, he just wants to take the things that I love so much. Oh, my goodness, I don't want to serve him. Do you know what he's going to remove from my life? Yeah, I do. But it's not to hurt you. It's not to harm you. It's to build you up. When you know the character of Jesus, when you clear out space, when you make space for the Lord to speak through his spirit about who he is, man, I'm telling you, you will be unstoppable. You will love deeper. You will, you will give more grace to people. You won't be able to harbor bitterness in your heart for the person next to you. You won't be able to harbor unforgiveness in your heart because when you know the character of God, when you've said, God, hey, hey, Satan, I, I know what you're telling me about the Father, but I know the Father. Why? Because I spent time with them. Whew. We, we today need to know the character of God more than ever because Satan is speaking lies about who God is. Did, did, did Jesus really tell you to forgive that person? Hey, did Jesus really? Did, you should hold on to that hurt. That hurt is really good. That's your message. Oh, let your hurt be the message. How about your, how about your healing? How about your healing be the message? How about what Jesus has done in your life be the message? Satan would want you to just be like, just be hurt. Did Jesus really say forgive? Hey, hey, did, 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 <laughs> did Jesus really tell you not to live with your boyfriend and girlfriend before marriage? Did Jesus really tell you to not have sex outside of marriage? Did Jesus really say that? I know we're a millennial church. I know you all like me being fluffy and lovey, but this is what Satan is coming after. He's coming after our purity. He's coming after our minds. He's coming after our hearts. And Satan's going, did Jesus really tell you? Hey, hey, it's cool. Hey, you're fine. You're fine. Just touch whatever you want to touch. Do whatever you want to do. It's okay. And Jesus comes and says, hey, hey, I've called you to life and life more abundant. I didn't call you to put boundary lines in front of you because I don't want you to have enjoyment. Do you know who created sex? If there's anybody in the room that's a little, I'm so sorry, but bless you. We have kid zones. You know who created it? God! I'm thankful. I came back from vacation. I'm, I need to go. What? But God created this thing, and Satan warps it. He destroys it. 
and we're falling prey to it because we're listening to the character of who Satan says God is instead of listening to the character of what the Holy Spirit says about the Father. Clear out the room so you can make space for the Spirit of God to tell you the character and goodness of God. That is not condemning. If anybody's in this room, if anybody's in this room, there is mercy, there's grace. My life was plagued with that stuff, okay? But man, we listen to Satan's voice telling us the character of God. Jesus said, hey, Satan, shut your mouth. Don't put my father to the test because I know what the word says about it. I know who he is. Did Jesus really tell you to honor one another over yourself? Did he tell you to actually have honor for people? Or did he just tell you to do whatever you want? Do what you feel good. No, my father tells me to honor people, to love people, to serve people, even when I'm tired, even when I don't want to, to give grace, to give mercy, to extend a hand. Come on, I'm preaching this morning. I know we're going. You know, the band can come on up. We're going we're gonna to take communion too today. <laughs> It's going to be awesome. But, man, there's a powerful story. Rachel and I were away a while back, and we went, to, we went to the Grand Canyon. It was my first time. And I was like, why are we going to go see a big hole in the ground? <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> it was awesome. But something happened in that moment. It's actually a really sad, it's a really tragic story, but, but there's railings, right? There's guardrails that you're not supposed to cross over and go because... You could hurt yourself, right? It's a big hole. And there's, there's these positions like all around where you can't cross here. You can't, just stay on the path. Just stay on the path. You'll be safe. Just stay on the path. Stay on the boundary line. Stay in the boundary line. And Rachel's like, babe, come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, <laughs> she's like, let's go take a picture over there. Over there. I said, over there by the hole? I said, I'm staying on the sidewalk in Jesus' name. I d I'm not going anywhere over that. She's like, come on, we'll take the, the better view is over there. And I was like, babe, no. <laughs> the boundary lines are here for a reason. I don't cross the line. <laughs> I am safe in Jesus' name. And what's crazy is that we didn't step over it, but the thought came. Well, let's just have a better thing over there. That'll be better. Would you know, this is the true story. We, we go home. We go home. We go home. We go home to the hotel. We turn the, we turn the news on. And literally that same day, somebody stepped over that railing and fell. Tragedy. Tragic. A life cut short that fast. Why? Because they ignored the boundary lines. They ignored the boundary lines. They listen to the voice of the, you see what I'm saying here? Jesus' word says, hey, when hard pressed, Psalms 118, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. He is the father that allows us to breathe. God is not choking you to death. He's actually the one that gives you breath in your lungs. He's actually the one that gives you joy. He's actually the one that gives you peace. He's actually the one that speaks truth over your life when the lies are coming at you guys. I know this is a hard word, but this is where we're going. Clear out space for God. And the third thing is this. The third thing is this. Is this encouraging, y'all? I think so. We clear out to learn who we are then. Once we know who God is, then we can learn who we are. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it mistaken. Don't get it backwards. You don't need to go, I just need to figure out myself first, and then I'll get to God. God is calling you to him first, and then he's going to show you who you are. Come on, listen to me, church. Too far, too long, we've been saying, come, go, just go figure yourself out. Go heal yourself. Go, go help yourself. And God's saying, come to me. Come to me first, and I will speak who you are. I will tell you who you are. See, Satan goes right after the identity of Jesus. We all know the story if, you, if you've grown up in the church. He says, if you are the son of God. What is he doing? Going right at his identity. Hey, hey, if you are, and right before this, Jesus is anointed 
And Jesus is anointed by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit says, this is the Son of God. Jesus received identity. And guess what? When he received it, then he was tempted in it. Over these next couple weeks, I pray you have such an intimate, deep, deep understanding of the identity of who you are. That you don't fall prey to the trap of saying you're broken, you're lost, you're forsaken, you are addicted. Come on. Come, come on. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, when you become a son, you are a saint. You are a co-heir with Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. The spirit of darkness cannot rest in you. The spirit of life comes in you and invades in. Hmm. So who are you? Who are you? Can I tell you if you've received Jesus Christ in your life? And if you haven't, we're going to give you a second and a moment here to give that, that opportunity to you. But this is, this is who you are. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're a saint. You're a new creation. You're an heir to the kingdom of God. An heir. You know what that means? You get the kingdom of God. Woo! You're united with Christ. The old self is gone. We are no longer slaves. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, no longer walking in darkness, temples of the Holy Spirit, clothed in righteousness. We are hidden with Christ, citizens of heaven. Once we were lost, but now we are found. Once we were broken, but now we are made whole. Once we were forsaken, but we have been found and set free and free indeed, Scripture says. I know who I am because I make the room for heaven to speak to me. You are looking for identity everywhere. I do it too. Oh, tell me, babe, who I am. Just speak those sweet words to me. Oh, tell me, come on. You know my wife, she's amazing. She's amazing. Every time we get done, we get in the car after Sunday. Some of you have been in the car. I go, babe, how was it? Tell me. She's like, I ain't telling you. If you're going to fall prey to my words over heaven's words first, I ain't telling you jack. And I'm like, okay, God. I'm coming at her in such a loving way. You know why? Because she wants me to know what God says about me before she ever can say anything to me. Some of you are looking for like, the affirmation in all the wrong ways. Go to God first. Let him speak it over your life. Let him tell you who you are and what, you, what you've been destined to do. And then watch as other people come around you, encourage you in the Lord, because you are a co-heir with Christ. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are not broken. You are not so far gone. Let me tell you something. I'm going to say this. I know we're going to wait. Uh, communion people can get communion ready. Some of you are so warped with depression and anxiety, and that's who you think you are. I want to say this right now. In the name of Jesus, you are not victims to depression. You are not victims to anxiety. If you have the mind of Christ, if you put the mind of Christ on, you have freedom. You have joy. You have peace that surpasses all understanding. You have life and life more abundant. You have the King of Kings doing a work in your life that he that began a good work and you will carry it to completion. You with me. This is who God says you are. And so today, we clear out to receive. We clear out to know. We clear out to be a part of what God's doing. So with every head bowed and every eye closed. I know this is a hard thing to comprehend, but the presence of God is here. And he's speaking. And he's wanting to desperately transform your lives. Some of you in this room, you, you can't, have a clearing out because you haven't invited him in the first place to sweep house. And so if you're in this room today, it says in scripture that today is the day of salvation. Jesus says he knocks on the heart, door of your heart. He's a gentleman. He's not going to push it down. He's not going to barge his way through. He's just knocking with grace and with mercy. And he's saying, hey, I'm here for you. 
I want to redeem you. I want to set you free. I want to, I want to make you a son and daughter. I want to bring you into the family. I want to adopt you back into my family today. This is the loving nature of Jesus Christ. It's what he came to do to give us life and give us hope and give us an eternal promise. And so if you're in this room today and you haven't said yes to Jesus, on the count of three, I just want you to slip your hand up. And it says heaven throws a party when the one comes home. That there's a celebration and that there's an there's a overwhelming joy in the, in the heavens. That when one comes home and says, no longer am I operating in my world, but I want to operate in the kingdom of God. It's going to get hard. It'll get tough, but you have the church body around you. And so on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up if you want to receive the good news of Jesus Christ, if you want to receive him as your heavenly father. If you want to say the old life is done, I, I want the new life. I want a new beginning. I don't want a second chance. I want a new beginning. One, he loves you. Two, he wants to forgive you. He's desperately in love with you. Three, he wants to spend eternity with you. Lift your hand up right now. Lift it up high. Lift it up high. I see him, hands in the back. I see him. Anybody else? I see him. Hands up there. Amen. 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 Come on, can we pray together as one family? Repeat these words after me. Heavenly Father, I receive you today. Forgive me. Wash me clean. Thank you for your cross and that empty tomb. I recognize you as Lord, as Savior, and King. Take residency in my heart, in my mind, in my soul. Thank you for your spirit. We honor you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. And we thank you, Jesus. And so, Father, today I just pray over every person in this place, God, that you will do a renewal work in our hearts over these next few weeks. God, that we will see your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives, that we will operate as sons and daughters, that we operate as, as the family of God, that we will encourage each other, that we'll lift each other up, that we will see you in a fresh way and in, a, in an overwhelming way, God, that you will reveal yourself uh, only the way you can, God. So we just bless you, we honor you, and we praise you for those that came home today, God. God, we know heaven is rejoicing. We know heaven is praising that the one came home. Come on, church, can we just thank the Lord for his presence? and for drawing people back home today.